On this week's show, I spoke with Carl Sharples and Jay Killian of Dimensions Tents and Structures. Dimensions were established in 2009 in Cape Town, South Africa, and have since become an industry leader in manufacturing Bedouin stretch tents as permanent or semi-permanent tent and structures. Dimensions serve clients worldwide with solutions for events, rentals, and home use. Dimensions play a key part in festivals such as Africa Burn, Boom, and Cape Epic, where they provide and rig thousands of square meters of stages and tents across these events each year. In total, the Dimensions team consists of 65 people ranging from installation and rigging crew to factory manufacturers and operation managers. I always enjoy talking to the guys from Dimensions. They've been an inspiration to our company in recent years and their rise and progression is admirable. So let's see how we get on. Uh, I remember when you were over in Ireland, Carl, Jake, I think you were in the States. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. What were you doing over there? Um, just, well, actually, I, I fly to the States actually fairly often. Eh? Um, so I've been working um, with another company over there, um, just doing a couple of you know, festivals, of the building tents. Um, I've, yeah, I've actually gone to work for a couple of different events in the States. Oh, sweet. So... I think the last time the last time I was there I was doing um, electric forest um, which oh, is a big fine. big festival out in um, uh, Michigan area and then another festival called Firefly in Delaware all right cool rigging as well yeah yeah all, all rigging tents eh? so um, most of these festivals have never seen like a stretch tent before kind of all used to these normal um, frame tents and peg and pole kind of um, PVC tents, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, that's it's kind of interesting. So when you send stretch tents over the states, there's very, very few people that know how to rig them or have ever seen them. You know. Are you serious? Yeah, got to get yeah. out of there. So, that's uh, well, quite interesting when you actually go over there and you see what what the whole vibe is because everyone's they they just so used to these little PVC little uh, marquees, you know. So wasn't the craziest mission you got? Jake got flown over there to set up one twelve by fifteen. Yeah, no, Are you serious? <laughs> just one, one yeah, setup. Yeah, I think it, no. The thing is, two two twelve by fifteens, but it was yeah, it was in, for some VIP area at Coachella, um, on the edge of um, yeah, in some like super super luxury resorts, and they told me I had to ballast the whole tent with concrete ballast. So I went the first day and we concreted this whole tent with concrete ballast on the beach, and then the okay. one. Uh, a festival organizer got there the next day and told me he didn't like the ballast and we had to take them all away the next day and peg it to the beach. Are you serious? Well, random and weird, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, all the way there for like two days on site, you know, I, you know, yeah. I was flying for four days and I was only in the States for two. So <laughs> I think they got to start doing them over there. I, I speak, I'm meant to be uh, speaking to a guy called Ryan Core, I think his name is, and he's got a company called Core Events. Um, and they they've got loads of tents and marquees and structures, but I, I don't I can't see them doing stretch stuff at the moment. It's a lot of, like a lot of really nice aluminium frame stuff, but uh, yeah, they don't yeah. do any of the stretches anyway. Yeah, I think there's only like four companies in the the states. Eh? Yeah, doing stretch. Well, yeah, there's kind of like two. I think most of them are kind of based all based around kind of like LA, um, California kind of area. Yeah, that's where he's based anyway. 
But yeah, like outside of there, like there's, I haven't seen any any other stretch ten companies really operating. You know, but like every time I've set them up at a festival, everyone's like, you know, what are these things? They look space age. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're definitely getting more popular. Anyway, it's pity there's no real events happening. Um, yeah. How are you finding it over there? Yeah, what in the states or in South Africa? In South Africa, at the moment. Yeah. So our manufacturing facility is opened up, so we can allow we allow twenty percent of our capacity um, okay. back. Um, and we've had a couple of uh, inquiry for tent rentals for temporary shelters at hospital mm-hmm. entrances and um, yeah, just just personal shops that want queuing facilities. You know, so yeah. now that it's in South Africa, mm-hmm. if you're going to have a queue of X amount of people. You can't expect your customers to stand in the rain, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit more inquiries. The other, the funniest principle that happened the other day, which we're quoting on, is um, in South Africa, it's forbidden to drink alcohol during. Yeah, I saw that booze and cigarettes or something was banned from cigarettes. You guys are getting a fucking hard, aren't you? So the Dow Brewing Company and Cape Town, they um, they can't stop their brewing facilities, right? So they brewed 400 million beers, which now they're trying to put temporary shelter up to store them because their facility, it's not like a shutdown process, you know, with all the hops and the brewing procedures. So now they might have to dispose of, what's it, 400 million bottles or something. Yeah, some crazy amount, like thousands and thousands of liters of beer that they're going to have to dispose dispose of. Jesus. (laughs) Pretty sad. Um, Pretty sad, all right, yeah. Should ship it around the world now. A lot of a lot of alcohol companies over here they um, they change their distribution or they change their production line to um, develop like you know the sanitizer, the alcohol sanitizer stuff. Mm. A lot of this like gin distilleries and stuff they've they've completely changed their production line, so they're not producing much booze. They're just um, producing these bottles of sanitizer, hand sanitizer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy because we were, we were literally going into the busiest part of our year back here in Cape Town. So we were, um, we were like, yeah, it was literally, we were going into like our crunch time right like at the end of our season, the big push, you know. Um, yeah. So we had, we had a couple of really, really big events on um, like a cycle race called the Absa Cape Epic. Yeah. We chase um, a cycle race through the countryside for a week and a half. Which um, we had actually set up two of the locations already for the race, and then they cancelled it on the day before it started. Yeah, yeah. And That's yeah, nice. man, we had another massive event out in the desert, which started directly after that. It's like almost it's a South African um, leg of Burning Man, so it's Africa Burn. Africa um, Burn, yeah, I've heard of it. Which, which we're literally about to go into as well. So, you know, we normally do about a, a hundred odd tents for an event like that and then so literally it came from yeah, being like a bumper into the summer to mm. suddenly grinding halt so yeah, it was pretty interesting yeah, yeah it's so, crazy I think I was speaking to you Carl remember I was actually meant to be flying into Cape Town around sticking. early March okay <laughs> interesting yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so you arrived in the height of like at, uh, at the Cape Epic we set up how many too many tins like you are that's probably about <laughs> Three three and a half thousand square meters per venue. Okay. Three days. And yeah, then we're gonna do it. We're gonna set up a venue every three days, but it's yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's Crazy. multiple, and you gotta you constantly 
setting up a venue in front of the race. So it's kind of yeah, it's kind of pressure. And then we do we do a lot more than just Bedouins as well. We do like um, raised um, wooden decks with furniture on and fridges yeah. and nice like the lounge and yeah. hospitality type areas. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, because um, I remember Carlisle speaking to you on the Friday, I think it was. I can't really remember. It was in around Paddy's day. Um, but you were saying you lost something like 180 grand worth of business just in the one day. Uh, no, it was a terrible experience uh, <laughs> as well. Right? So people wanted full refund. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So have events been just completely cancelled over there or have they been postponed until 2021? Yeah, I mean, People just want a refund. Yeah, it's a fuck up. Yeah. Oh, no, no. And then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, you see, the, the whole fuck up is South Africa doesn't get much government funding, you know? Yeah. Um, so we had to, what, in the last two days, dismiss 16 people. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, no, it was a mess. Yeah. Um, that's not good because, like, I, I'd imagine you would be going back to festivals like Boom and. You know, obviously Africa, Berm. Were, were you meant to be doing them this year? Because I know a lot of them, like you go to Coachella as well, don't you? Uh, yeah, we were, we were lining up for Boom Festival. And we were applying for visas for the States. So in, it, was quite a, it was quite a process, but we were, we were going to send close to about 15 people to Europe and America within three months periods. You know? okay. So I was I'm trying to get uh, visas approved and... And we were sending a team of five to Portugal for Boom Festival. We were sending two people to the States, four people to Holland, two people to Belgium. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything fell flat. So it was quite a shock because it's, it's the wheel. I mean, you're going 101 kilometers an hour forward. And then in one day, you hit the brakes and do you turn and go 100 kilometers backwards. Yeah, yeah people oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting like you know I still I kind of wonder now what's what's going to happen you know when they start lifting the regulations you know with, with regards to travel you know if they're going to make you have to quarantine for 14 days on each side of your trip so if you know I travel to Europe do I need to quarantine for 14 days now on arrival and then 14 days coming back home to South Africa so that that's also going to be an interesting dynamic I think that's going to kind of be added to travel and but what is the status on your side? I mean, in Ireland, what are they doing there? What's happening on the ground? Because we don't get much news reports. You know? Yeah, it's sort of the same over here. You only hear what's really happening in Ireland unless you go looking further. Like, and you hear bits of the States and the UK as well. Um, but yeah, really in Ireland, we're going through a sort of five-step uh, government guidelines uh, that I think starts on Monday, this coming Monday. Um uh, the Taoiseach over here, he's making an announcement today, giving everybody an update. But at the moment, we're still locked down uh, and we can't really go without fi- within five kilometers of our, our homes. Um, events, events like public events, all the major stuff is more or less uh, being cancelled or postponed anyway. We'll cancel for this year up until September. Yeah. Um, uh, that's a- <laughs> well, yeah. Am I funding at all? What sort of uh, relief do you guys get? Huh? So yeah, the government the government has been given the. Um, there's a couple of things they have. In fairness, they gave, they gave a lot of uh, staff and people who lost their jobs or have been temp- temporarily laid off. They give them 350 euros a week, as like an emergency fund. And is that is that enough to sustain a good lifestyle and some? No, no, no. But you know, I think to be honest with you, I think it's. Uh, 
I think it was a really, I suppose, a, a really good initiative by the government. Um, you know, at least it, it was it was something. Unfortunately, people can't really spend their money, but you know, if it can cover rent or bills or whatever, what the rent freezes um, are lifted, you know, it will it will help people. I suppose get back. Government can sustain doing that for. Uh, I really don't know because I was trying to calculate the other day. I think there's over a million people without uh, out of work in Ireland at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, out of like, and the population in the Republic of Ireland is in around four and a half million. So if you're giving a million people three hundred fifty euros a week, that's a lot of money. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know enough about it to be honest. But uh, and do you feel positive that it's making? Rapidly, I mean, do you find that on Monday when they've made this announcement that you'll go to your new level, or do you find that you'll um, have a bit more the rapid rate of infection and your death rates climbing? Okay. I kind of lost you there, Carl. Can you hear me? No, saying in terms of. Yeah, I think it's my internet connection. Back now? Yeah, yeah, well, I can hear you. I just can't really see you, but it's okay. Hello? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's probably my internet connection. I'm sure uh, they're cutting internet now as long as cigarettes and alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe start. Sorry, what were you saying? So you say uh, the prospect... So you say the pro- prospects for like events and stuff in Ireland, you, you don't see anything happening before the end of this year, right? Or, uh, well, I don't know. That's why, that's why I really started this uh, conversations. I'm trying to speak to as many people as possible and be more, I suppose, find out more. Like it's, it, it's hard to know what other people are hearing, but at the moment, um, at the moment, I haven't been given any update yeah. for anything to happen in the summer, whether things come back. For the Christmas, yeah. or you know, uh, when the when the restrictions have been completely lifted, um, potentially. But like you know, there's talk of events not really going ahead, especially large mass gatherings going ahead until there's a vaccine. You know, which could be well into 2021. Yeah, I know that. That's what uh, yeah, also that kind of keeps me up at night a bit as well. You know, because like in South Africa. We, we only predicted to kind of hit our peak in about September, um, yeah. which is part of our springtime here um, and the start of our summer season. So, yeah, generally now through winter, we're a little bit quiet besides the international work we do. Is that his idea? Um, but, yeah, obviously with um, September being the peak of coronavirus in South Africa, it's also kind of, yeah, we, we're quite uncertain as to, you know, kind of what our season and... Okay. Well, our our summer is going to look time, like yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, it's interesting, like because like from obviously our government and that they haven't really created any kind of guidelines or kind of you know they can't give us information on on what's going to happen, you know. Because nobody um, so, nobody really knows. It's so it's really you know, yeah. kind of uh, so unclear. That's that's the struggle at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd like, I'd like, I, you know, obviously everybody wants events to come back, but I just hope it isn't gonna, you know, take some sort of, have some permanent impact where you know you couldn't venues venue capacity is just getting sliced in half, you know. 
Yeah, like I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that really happening or being able to happen for a long time. I think, you know, maybe for you know the first while, you know, once events can start happening, they probably will limit them to a certain certain numbers of people. Um, you know, where you kind of gatherings over a certain amount of people, but you know, it's it's not a sustainable. Uh, way to operate, you know, and they'll, they'll have to let things go back to the way it was, you know. It's, yeah. it's just, not, just not feasible, you know. Having a rock concert with about twenty thousand people, you know, it just isn't a rock concert, you know. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of pubs and restaurants over here, they're they're looking to open within the next month or so. But my train of thought is that you know they'll have to optimize whatever outdoor space they have. Um, I don't know if you've been getting much inquiries about fitting out beer gardens or anything over in South Africa, have you? Yeah, so uh, we, I've actually, I've done a couple of like, kind of like marketing email, um, just like little um, blog posts and stuff about expanding outdoor spaces, um, you know, of like your patios and um, uh, just outdoor areas that you can now kind of semi-enclose with Bedouin, you know, so that you can do like social distancing within restaurants and bars and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've done the same. I share. I, I did a. Uh, I have a proposal made up as well. I must share it with you. Um, but I, I think if there's any way of, you know, completely covering a awkward shaped area, and is the best way to go is go do a two tents. You know. You see, in South Africa, the funniest thing is that people are eager to to get back to work. You know, so everyone, uh, as soon as they said, okay, we're at level four. Everyone is an essential service. Now everyone's a fucking essential service, you know. So people yeah. are opening takeaway, fast food shops are opening. So restaurants can operate, but they will give you a, a fast food service, you know. So yeah. slowly, I think the system is moving faster than the regulations can hold people back. You know what I mean? It's like in South Africa, people don't really have the opportunity to um, participate in a lockdown experience. Like where my brother stays, He's in quite a rural area. He wants to like live off the land. He's got no water, no electricity. So really? how are you do hygiene? <laughs> how you want to go locked down there? You got no water, electricity. What do you do there? You fuck around. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you met my brother, yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't be doing that. Yeah, you know, but you met my brother Lee. Yeah, uh, I remember Lee. Yeah, how's yeah, he doing? Yeah, he's doing well. So he lives in like a remote area in in South Africa. It's like. Very, very out there. Um, yeah, he lives off the land there. You know, he like so he, his lockdown experience. It's you know, it's not exactly a lockdown. He could walk on the beach and he might oh, see okay. one person in three kilometers. You know, <laughs> is that just like that's just like a standard day? Italy, is it? Yeah, it's a tropical like outdoor. What did you say? It's very tropical as yeah, area. It's, it's like uh, very out there. Co- you know? co- coastal forests and yeah. It's, What's it's, the name of the place? Uh, like the. Uh, it's called uh, the Transkei. Yeah. It's in the eastern Eastern Cape. So it's um, magical. It's yeah. a prov- It's a province next door to basically the Western Cape where we live. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's a very, but a very, very, very nice part of South Africa. But like it is, it's it's quite a quite a rural place. A lot of like small villages on the mount on the hills on the mountainside. And they've never had electricity installed there ever in the history of mankind. Yeah. How are they so never? Electricity is is not working they just just don't have it yet and they've been promised electricity and running water for the last 10 years that's crazy (laughs) Um, i actually i came across one of your your blog posts today and i read it the trip to lazaro 
Ah, uh, Lesotho, yeah. Lesotho, sorry. Um, yeah. it, that, that's out in the sticks as well. That's a good bit out. Uh, you know, that's in the countryside, is it? Yeah, it's a super interesting place. So we were we were just on the right in the border. So Lesotho is basically um, in the winter winter time. Yeah, it turns it becomes a like a snow skiing like paradise. So okay. really really good snow skiing up there. Um, and so yeah, we our team went to do a festival there right now at the end of at the end of summer. But it's an area that's quite prone to to heavy rains and that kind of stuff. Yeah? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a last last minute um, gig that came through, and like we've, we've always got a got a quite a strong belief not to turn like good any business good, is good, good business. business. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, it's yeah. actually it's a really interesting read. Like, look, some of the pictures that like the the mud slide I saw, uh, that just looked was crazy, guys. Like, yeah, like they had a truck, but the truck's only a rear wheel drive. It's got a diff lock rod, but it's only a rear wheel drive. So, but like, so any if you get into any kind of mud, it just yeah, it just gets stuck. And with all the, all the amount of vehicles and stuff, and um, all the punters at the venue, um, when all the yeah all the attendees of the venue had left, the venue was just so money from the thousands of cars in the parking lot that you couldn't drive anywhere, could hardly right. walk. It was, it was, it was that kind of like how you. Like Glastonbury after it's been raining, you know? like a real apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the yeah. fact that you had to you had to leave there when you were soaking wet and make your way to make your way to Africa, Burn, was it? Was this last year? It was twenty nineteen. This was last year. So yeah, so they, the guys kind of went up. And some of the, quite a couple of the tents that were being set up at Africa Burn were were used at that festival in the, in Lesotho. So. So we kind of we had a like a timeline that we were working in, give or take a day. Um, but yeah, so there's obviously there's a lot of problems in the way that like a number of flat tires due to trying, trying, trying to drive in the mud, that the tow bar that came off their truck. How many kilometers is it off-road? Well, I think in all in all, you know, it was about two and a half thousand kilometer round trip. Yeah. Um, to Lesotho and then back to Cape Town. But, Two and a half thousand kilometers. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and then they probably they probably did about I would say about 260 kilometers on gravel road as well. Yeah, off road, oh, yeah. man. That's <laughs> on dirt road. So like uh, with with a heavy load, you know. And when and after after those tents got loaded onto the truck and they were still wet, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was already very close to being overloaded when it went up, and now with the wet tents, it was overloaded. So the guys had to try and drive back at night time and miss the way bridges. <laughs> so, like when you're when you're operating, would you only operate within South Africa, or I know you you obviously distribute internationally and stuff, but when you're doing your rentals and uh, you know rigging well, like, jobs by 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 car by vehicle. Do you go further than South Africa? Because obviously it's so. Yeah, well, we've okay. had. I've done for we've. I've saw we've done a tent out in like West Africa, right, right, and um, the top of um, yeah, right in West Africa in Ghana, um, in like a mining in a mining town. We did a huge mega structure over um, a gold mine. <laughs> oh, sweet! Was that Stellenbosch? No, no, no. This is it was in Ghana, which is in West Africa. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we operate in South Africa, so sometimes we'll be Cape Town Joburg, which is about 1,800 kilometers to do mm. an installation. But we limit the amount of square meters. So if it's like 3,500 or 4,000 square meters, then we'll make the drive there. Yeah. And we'll, any job of 
if it's scale of numbers. You know, the problem is as soon as you start um, driving too far, your cost of transport goes up, which makes the job unviable, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, I like and in regards to your distribution, Carl, what are you thinking this year? Like, are you going to be able to, are you going to be able to ship internationally or are you still getting inquiries from, from other countries? So it's quite a weird phenomenon. Like a, a month ago, the lockdown, um, uh, about a month ago, our, um, you know, it was a state of emergency. There was, you know, like I, I have 65 staff. We closed the shop and, and we all left the premises, you know. Yeah. Um, it was like I could sustain business or covering costs. Because you see that there's no financial support from the government for any small business. You know, um, in three months, I'll have to pack up all my, my assets and find a new premises or put it in my garden at my house. I don't know. You know? So your rent, your rent hasn't been frozen or anything like that on the warehouse? No, they, it's a state of – anything that you get is 65% of your employee salaries. Yeah. Yeah. So the, our government has basically encouraged us to trying to carry on paying our staff, to carry on paying our, our debtors, and to carry on paying insurance and rent so that we don't crash the economy. But, but, then, you, uh, but you guys have no business. Not giving us any kind of relief. So, like, you know, you obviously you, you dig very deep into, like, uh, all, all kind of reserves that you've built up throughout the whole year. Yeah, of course. Now, and... Yeah. So, so, so yeah, in, a, in the last situation, in the last week, I've sold some tents internationally. So Belgium and Holland and France and Spain have bought a couple of tents, and I'm air freighting. Um, recently, some air freighting services have opened up. So if you bought a tent now, I can make it and send it to you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure, make sure people know that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, slowly, it's getting back to work. I think in South Africa, there's no choice to lock down further. The, the, the problem with the humanitarian impact and loss of, you know, this and that, and it, the, there'll be way more of a problem on your hands for like, people that are struggling severely cross-board, not just coronavirus, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you struggle from other uh, sicknesses over there, like... HIV and TB as well is quite prominent, uh, prominent, isn't it? It's a big problem. So those, uh, it's it's a big dis discussion at the moment whether to put the country into full force. Um, the so the weak and the elderly must like do the isolation and and then bring income. But if I ask my staff, because I had to make an ultimatum, the government said I could work, and I said to my staff, it's not like you have to work. I can't tell you you have to work. You know, if you if you feel that you're vulnerable. You, you got the choice to say yes or no, and all of them said work. They, they can't not work because no work, no pay. So yeah. it's a matter of um, we have to work, you know. So they chose to work. Yeah. So in South Africa, there isn't a, a lockdown as such. You know, everybody's still walking around as normal. Or we 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 got lockdown, okay, but we've got five five stages of lockdown or five levels. So. Yeah. At first, we went directly into level five, which is the harshest lockdown, which means no, no one's allowed to leave your house whatsoever yeah. unless it's going to the shops. Okay. Uh, and then level four is slightly lessened restrictions. Um, essential services are allowed to operate. 
Um, and but yeah, there, there's many many shops or um, department stores that are closed. Um, and then yeah, obviously each each level, um, but like towards um, one, they kind of get lifted and lighter, you know. So level three is a bit easier, level two is a bit lighter, level one is probably back to normal, you know. But our 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 we in the Western Cape of South Africa, so our party members or leaders or whatever the fuck you call them, mm. what are the the our our government locally here wants to they want to fight for level three or uplifting the economy with the other parts of the country because you got Northern Ireland um, and and our Republic of Ireland I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah but is it under two one separate, two separate governments mm. yeah so that's basically the state in South Africa but it's one government but it's two splits you know so they okay. fight against each other about one says no we must lock down. And the other says no, we must support the economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The political element, like the southern, our Western Cape government says, lift the ban of alcohol and cigarettes. With the other part of the country saying no, for but because there's no regulation against stopping cigarettes, but they just decided to stop it. You know. Yeah, so I say it's driving people crazy. In that theatre as unessential. So there's been court orders and legal disputes about it now. Yeah. From the diehards, yeah, I'd imagine so. But it's fucked up. I mean, the way they've done it, you're not allowed to buy any pre-made food at grocery stores. So you can't go and buy like a pastry or a, or anything that's pre-made food. But then they open up fast food services like McDonald's and all that shit. Yeah. So okay. the contradictions that are happening are yeah, wild. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> like, we don't know where, where the rules get made up and who's making What level are you at now? Huh? You say you have like five phases, just like Ireland, but what phase are you guys at now? Four. You're at four? Yeah, so we can do 20% of our manufacturing facility we can operate in. And okay. I'm making, making face masks. So it's, an, it's deemed an essential service. I can have my full operation running. You know? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I'll actually I'll be putting an order for them once, uh, once we get the chance. Um, I have to do- face masks. <laughs> um, the other thing was, we, I, sort, I sort of think that there'd be more, say, private gatherings. And I suppose it's different in South Africa. Um, I don't know really your restrictions, but over here, like there's no, the restaurants and pubs, there's no venues, no, like all weddings were canceled. Um, you know, I, I suppose I'm hoping for more of a revival in the private gatherings, Jake. But do you see anything like that happening in Cape Town at the moment? I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that um, when events and stuff are allowed to get going again, that we are going to have restrictions, you know, to like maybe like under 500 or 250 or 100 people per, per gathering. So you might find that there is a lot more of these small gatherings happening. Um, which could kind of either work in our favor or to our de- demise, you know. Yeah. Either you're spreading yourself very thin to service many, many events and you're all over the place. Whereas, you know, we were servicing bigger festivals previously, you know, where you, you can focus your attention a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that, you know, the number, numbers for events are going to be definitely not, are limited um, for the next while. I definitely see that happening. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Island, um, do you see um, things improving as well with summer approaching there? Well, not really. Like the weather... The, What's been pretty good about lockdown is the weather has been really, 
really nice, which is, you know, it's obviously not normal over here. Uh, but like, so people, I don't think people are that frustrated by the whole lockdown measures. It could be a lot worse, I suppose. Uh, I'm definitely frustrated. I, I can't stand COVID-19. But uh, I, what'd you say? I said you went into lockdown after us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. I think it's been eight or nine weeks at this stage. It was around Paddy's day. Come to South Africa when our lockdown was starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have a. And I was actually, I was meant, I missed out on another holiday uh, at the start of May. Two weeks ago, I was meant to be up in Marrakesh too, but, you know. Just changed it. Sure, we can't. You can't win them all. That's the net. It's it's kind of it's just it is it's crazy, quite crazy, uncertain times. So like we we trying to just be like um, as innovative as possible, you know. Um, so I'm just trying to kind of like keep positive. There's, there's lots of like kind of like new creative streams that are kind of like opening up. I see like a lot of people change, changing their factories completely from, you know, a friend of mine's a travel agent and now they're kind of changing their travel agency into um, a deep cleaning and um, desanitizing business. So yeah. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of that happening over here as well. Like a lot of events companies has have um, different company, I suppose, fabricators that were set up for, I suppose, furniture and more bespoke stuff. They, uh, a lot of them have moved into like the work from home office furniture. It's like flat pack furniture, and um, so there's been a lot of that over here as well. It's good to see, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's a weird phenomenon. I mean, it's like do or die, survival, fade away. You know, it's like so. I mean, like as the lockdown started, there was a bit of panic for us. So two weeks into lockdown, we were just scratching our heads, saying, "What the fuck's going on?" You know. Yeah. Then, yeah. Later, I watched a, a documentary on these guys that are making these masks here locally. So I thought, shit, you know, I can also make masks. So I started trying to contact government um, organizations to build up some sort of contract that I could supply the government, you know? Yes. Um, which was in a bit of a fail. Then I started marketing the mask privately, and we got some interest, yeah. So... Up until the point of getting a little bit of in, in, income on the masks, I mean, we're not we're not making money. We we might just be covering staff expenses and supporting people with some sort of income over nothing, you know. So it was also it's a crazy. I mean, that business was also set up in in a week, you know, like researching a new product, changing the machines that we have to to work on the masks. It was like something I least expected, you know. I've got. 17,000 square meters of tent fabric in my storeroom, yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's like I was stockpiling fabric and all this stuff, and then next minute I must sit at home and do nothing, you know? <laughs> so did you start a new company with, with the, you know, the services you have available, or are you still uh, going under the Dimensions name? I just trade them as Dimensions. So I didn't have time to, to do that. Um, and I'm, uh, and I, look, if the markets carry on, I'll... I'll I'll keep running a separate business, but uh, um, the Bedouin stuff, I've got enough work now to carry on. Uh, and I know you're going to buy those 20, 30 tents that you talked about. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll be coming. Feeling comfortable, we'll, we'll, 
we'll make it, you know. Um, we have to, even if we don't, we'll still survive somewhere. Yeah, you've and uh, so you've been like you've been operating since when 2009? Yeah, so we're in our 10th year next year, yeah. So, um, sure, formally 2009, and before that, uh, you know, I was like just had a couple of tents that I was trading with. So, when I started registering the company and and, uh, and taking it seriously with the number of employees, yeah, you see, okay. so it's, it's, you know, you, I traded a bit before that as a sole proprietor, you know, so I was in the game of buying and selling tents and, and renting and sub-renting tents, you know? so yeah, yeah. You know, on a week I'd set up three tents, I'd have one person helping me and I'd be able to pay for my drinking money and, and buy some food, that was how I was surviving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you've obviously, I, I, I assume you've, you know, your business has been on the rise ever since, You like if you're... This is what your eleventh year as a registered business. You've obviously never seen a, a drop like you have experienced this year so far, have you? No, I think in South Africa we we always. I think we young business owners, um, myself and Jacob, got a vision that you know we only have time to grow and take business seriously. So there's, we I think maybe we could do with half a year of consolidation, uh, just to to catch up with with some of our services, but. Um, We've generally grown in 30% over the last years. We've definitely entered the game as a young, young-owned business, you know, that we're eager to succeed. You know? Yeah, yeah, so of course. We're pushing the, the limits where other companies might be like, oh, no way. You know, we're like, no, we're back on. Yeah. We're keeping on. So, I mean, we've got over 100 tents. Um, I, mean, I think we're, we're around 30,000 squares 30, or something. 30,000 square meters. Yeah, yeah. so it... I think we, we're building systems on managing the tents, washing the tents, repairing the tents. When you've got 120 tents, it's hard to keep your eye on the target, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So you've got 80, 80 going out, being rented in a week. Oh, sure. And then to manage and clean and keep them all repaired, that's quite a, quite a story. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of find this, like the whole lockdown has been a bit of a blessing in disguise as well. Because, you know, we, we've, we have been so um, full power over the last, like, yeah, seven, eight years that like you know we don't actually get a we don't even get a two week break in between you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the longest you really get sometimes the three four days over a long weekend or something yeah so it has been a bit of a blessing in disguise to also kind of sit reflect you know yeah sometimes time. sometimes you know like like you say you don't really get a break I like I've been staying up at night recently thinking of what twenty twenty one is going to be like you know if you take all the events that have been cancelled this year, put them on top of all the events that are meant to be happening next year. And you, you know, yeah, we're just going to have to like triple the amount of people working for, uh, to make it work. Uh, and do you find that, um, that, uh, you'll do a bit of business at the end of the year in September? Cause your season ends in late September, October. Yeah. So we, we do a lot of stuff. Um, we would still work in, you know, October, November, December. We wouldn't be as busy as the summer, but we still have bits. Uh, yeah. And then it's really quiet January, February, March. Yeah. Um, March is sort of when it starts up again, but everything's up in the air at the moment. I think people need to, until, you know, um, more government guidelines are given, nobody's really going to pull the trigger on you know, promoting an event or anything like that. Like a lot of the festivals over here, I, I, I'd love to talk to some of the, the promoters, but I'd say they've lost a lot of money in marketing spend um, 
for the first few months of the year. And like, you know, if they have to change their whole marketing um, for 2021, it's going to cost them a lot, you know, and that's going to dig into their margins again. And do they get a business relief or nothing from the state? Yeah? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, I believe there's, you know, there's, you can claim back um, if you have, there's a, you can claim back rates on, on a premises from 2019 or something. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure to be honest. Um, but I, I, from what I gather, there's not too much relief. There is, there, you know, there's employee, uh, wage relief, but there's yeah. no, nothing else I don't how, at the moment. The businesses do you think will not make it through the lockdown period? Yeah. Um, you know, our situation is tricky enough. You know, we, we, we're obviously only, uh, only young as well. So we've got one or two small sort of bespoke inquiries, which at the moment are keep, is keeping us going. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like definitely from where it should be at, at the moment is way lower. So uh, I, that the, one, one of the main reasons, you know, I want to talk to people is just see how they, they can, I suppose, predict what's going to happen for the rest of the year and how they plan on staying above water, you know. And your opinion on the matter, would, if you were the state governor and the health executive of Ireland, would you say um, let, I, prosper, let health prosper? No, to be um, honest with you, I think I think the the Irish government have done a really good job. Uh, I actually wrote to the HSE at one stage, just you know, complimenting them. Um, so I think you know that, that if you compare us to the UK or the states, I, I feel bad for the USA. Um, but the UK are really really suffering at the moment. They their numbers are huge, and they've it's happened fast as well. You know, yeah. um, and I see to level four now. Eh? Who have? Uh, the, uh, the the United Kingdom. Really? Yeah. I see. I, I don't know. I don't know if the same you know the same method uh, ma- like across worldwide or what. But you know, Ireland is, hasn't even gone into phase one, which starts on Monday. Well, and I find I find it pretty interesting. So, like, also like in South Africa, there's a lot of people who they call them asymptomatic. So. Yeah. They, 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 if, if you get tested, um, you can carry the, the virus, but you literally got no symptoms of it. So, yeah, that's it, the worrying part. You can, you carry it, but, um, and you might get like a, like a mild flu type symptom. So, you know, with a lot of people getting that as well, I, like the kind of, um, the vibe that I'm getting from a lot of people is that, you know, um, it's, hit and miss, so. it's a bit of a hit and miss and I'd rather get back to work and get the economy going. Yeah. Um, you know, and then try to, yeah, at least kind of just carry on daily life a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on and having a chat. It's good to hear where, where you're at over there. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to get down to you at some stage this year. I'm trying to cash in on my flight. Yeah. So, um, no, so it's a good thing. Otherwise, you'd still be here with us. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be sweeping your fucking driveway or something. <laughs> Um, but tell me, yeah, I, I'm very excited. I think um, we're going to make it through, you know. Uh, yeah. And, um, and and you'll have to come. I mean, I was, well, we don't know when the events will be back online, but uh, we will be back online and you must definitely come because you were coming at the perfect time. I mean, he was coming during the epic and burn. You know? Yeah, that would have been a great time to come. You would have, you would have seen us in like on full capacity. So. Yeah, perfect, yeah. <laughs>
yeah, I'll, 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 definitely be, I'll definitely try to get a reschedule for, for next year or at some stage anyway. What was that tent for the Cape Epic? Um, you would have loved this tent, talking about mega structures at the finale. What's that tent you put up? So oh, that's, uh, that's a 20 by 60. Uh, 30 by 60, yeah. So uh, it's eight, 1,800 squares. One on. piece. Ah, uh, yeah, well, three, three, three. Three of them, yeah, yeah. All together. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. How long does that take us to put up a day? Yeah, yeah under a day, yeah. Let's yeah. go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of big. We'll go the big crew though, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, huh? Yeah. yeah. But uh, the thing is also what's nice with like working with the well trained crew, you know, when you're hitting a mega structure like that, you know, we can literally decide on a on a on like a plan on while the tent's on the ground, and then each each one of my crew yeah. can go and do their own thing. They know one guy starts attaching corners, someone else does all the intermediate perimeter poles, so yeah. everyone comes. Yeah, it's, it goes really, really quickly. I'll actually, yeah, I must do some like a time lapse videos of those those big tents going up. I think it'll be a, quite a good process too. Yeah, absolutely. I want to do more of that stuff this year as well. Just more. Well, that was the plan, but I don't know how we're going to do it now. You know, we'll have, always, like, you know, when, in the heat of the moment, you know, you arrive on, on a job site and you're like, cool, let's just smash this job and get it done with yeah. you. So you know, you've got five others waiting for you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, training. The, um, did the training help that, that we provided when you were in Ireland? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was so really good. Things and, and some installations after that, you you used some of the technology that we provided to go forward, eh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, I've de- like within just 2019 itself, you know, it was a huge growth for our company um, as well as, as well as all the tents we do, some of the, installations just got more difficult as well so um the fact that we were able to manage them and you know hopefully move on to bigger things when when the industry comes back again it's quite exciting you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and I, it's, I think it's quite important eh, to have those, those very like difficult tricky kind of installations where you, you spend two three hours struggling on on a site with a small tent because it kind of it forces you, you know, to to think outside the box and yeah. come up with solutions on your feet, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. it's a good way of mastering everything, you know. So that that's the way we're going to go with build. Uh, you know, obviously we want to. We're delighted to be flying the flag for dimensions over here in Ireland. Um, and yeah, we you know we hope to be doing bigger and better stuff when the industry and the market comes back. No, for sure. No, we we got to get over here too. I would love to. Eh? I haven't been to Ireland yet. I've done a bit of work in the UK, um, but no, I was close. But yeah, hopefully sometime in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I'll um, I'll get you guys back over here again. Um, but guys, I'm gonna finish it there. Absolutely yeah. lovely chatting to you guys again. Awesome, man. Um, thanks for take. Thanks for taking the time to to come out and. Uh, some Irish pubs when I get when I get some time. Yeah. Absolutely, we'll have to do another chat as well after the COVID. And yeah, we come into the studio this time. It's a bit weird like this. Nice one. Keep well, eh? Great, All the best, dudes. Thanks. Thanks. Keep Keep well. Well. Ciao, man. Bye. Bye.